<laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Rambler. I am your host, Mike McDonald, a.k.a. The Rambler. But you knew that because you're tuning in right now. All right. Welcome, adoptees, friends of adoption, family of adoptees. You know, all the people associated in and around the adoption community, whether it be any of the people I just named or social workers or whomever, whomever. If you're interested in this forum that I have created for you, welcome. If this is your first episode that you are listening to, I appreciate that. Thank you. Where did you hear about me? I'm curious. Send me an email or a Facebook message or a tweet. We will get to that later about where and when you can do that. Maybe not when, but where, but where. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the format of the show, it is very loose. It is uh, non-formatted, I guess. I don't know. It's not like Terry Gross. It's not like Fresh Air, right? I don't have set questions that I ask the guests. It's not inside the actor studio. This is not inside the adoptee studio. But if it were, I mean, that'd be pretty cool, I guess. I could be the James Lipton of the adoptee community. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, 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 uh, I'm just a guy, an adoptee. I'm a, I'm a little bit about me. I'm a Korean adoptee, if this is your first time tuning in. I was adopted through Holt. I live in New York State, not New York City. But I travel down to New York City quite a bit. I'm very close. And I took this opportunity and moving back here to get back involved with the adoptee community and create a platform for those who uh, may not have one and for them to share their story because every adoptee has a story that uh, whether they know it or not can tell because everybody's story is unique and different and I appreciate that and hello hey, uh, the Yankees are currently losing to the athletics which is a uh, a shame because fellow Korean adoptee Rob Ref Snyder's on the Yankees and he's playing today. And I think he scored a, a home run or he, may, he got some runs in RBIs, maybe. In any case, uh, that is what the show is about. And if you like it, you should share it with your friends and family to listen to. You. All right. Today's episode, I got a great episode for you today. My guest is Nate Cupel, the former president of the Boston Korean adoptees up there in Baston. And I got a little promo for you today uh, with my buddy, my friend, Jen Kim. Jen Kim Creative is currently... Jesus, I am going to turn my phone off. That's very rude. Jen is uh, starting her new vlog series all about her uh, her life, her experiences, and uh, some CAD 101 stuff. So look, why, why don't we just get right into it today and uh, talk with Jen about her new vlog series, all right? Enjoy. All right, Jen Kim, back on the show. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. Oh, you refilled my wine glass. I did. I felt like a terrible host. Oh. Yes. Cheers on Sunday. There's no... Yeah. (laughs) I love day drinking. We're drinking Trader Joe's Finest. Cabernet Sauvignon. Charles Shaw. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm, smells like a 2013. Every time I go to my dad's house, he offers the me cab. a bottle of wine. <laughs> cab, cab, not cad. Yes, that's true. Let's make a cad wine. That'd be amazing. A cad, cad wine. Cad soju. Oh, my God. 
Oh, man. Business There's a new idea. soju being made out in Brooklyn now. What? Yeah. That's amazing. I forget what it's called. I want to say it's like Toki. Which Someone is, tell uh, us what this is because I'm which interested. Which is uh, Korean for rabbit. Really? It's got a little picture of a rabbit on it. Wow. Yeah. Mila's original name was Toki. Toki? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he related it to something with pot, you, though. You named your cat? No, that was her oh, other okay, owner's okay. name. Mila's my cat. She's oh. She is in my latest episode of my vlog, actually, which you can check out on YouTube at Jen Kim Creative. Yes. Well, she was just in this episode that I did a spot that, on. That is true, too. Yes. She was very eager to get in. She's getting popular, man. She, she uh, was like, I want to be a star. Yeah, she asked me to do an Instagram account for her. I'm like, girl, I'm concentrating on other things <laughs> right now. Maybe someday. I have other stuff to do, Mila. Yeah. It's not yeah. all about you. There's a lot going on. I mean. <clears throat> get your own cat's the gram. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they, they don't have the thumbs, though. That, that makes it hard. I feel like there should be an app for people or animals with no thumbs. Get on it. And you could just bat at it. Absolutely. On the iPad, I used to have this thing called Game for Cats. What's that? It's a game for cats. Stop it. And it just like has like there's different modes, and it could be either like a butterfly what? or a mouse or a laser pointer. Does this still exist? Probably. I you mean, what if up. they destroy your iPad though? So I've never had a cat destroy it, but the cats really don't seem interested in it. It's actually worked better with dogs. Really? But the dogs will destroy an iPad, oh, so you yes. have to put it in like a protective, like an ultra yeah, protective case. I did see a video with a dachshund destroying an iPad, and yeah. like his nails were clawing. Yeah, on yeah. It and... We gave it to my friend's boxer, and she was flipping out. <laughs> she was Maybe, like barking at oh, it. Oh. Yeah. Maybe another toy then. The cats, yeah. The cats, it's hit or miss. I think the most entertaining toy for a cat is a box. Box, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. just an empty cardboard box. That, that is exactly right. You can well, buy them a toy, but they'll play with the box. <clears throat> right. What's your other cat's name? Humphrey? Humphrey, yes. Humphrey was very interested in the box for my gear. Oh, yes, that's true. He was, you like, have to watch peeking out. in there. Yeah, he, he was might, like, oh, what's in there? <laughs> he might end up going home with you. So. I want to hang out in this <laughs> yeah, vessel. <he> does. <laughs> <laughs> this new thing in the house. He was pretty pumped. Yeah. Well, we had a Trader Joe's bag on the floor for a while. That was the hit of the house. So. Nice. Yeah, they love bags, too. Oh, yes, for sure. Cats are weirdos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I bought them a fountain, a water drinking fountain. No interest. <laughs> Nothing at all. And yet he looks down the shower drain every single day when it's emptying. Oh, yeah. Dylan oh, yeah. will watch you take a shower. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He'll crawl in between the shower curtain yeah. and, like, the... The plastic thing. Excellent. Yeah. And he'll just watch you through the plastic. He, he sits thing. on the edge every like single day. And I'm like, there's nothing new here. Like, you Or you'll like open up the curtain and there's like a cat on the toilet just like watching <laughs> you, like waiting. I am not a crazy cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. You might be. Uh, I might be. I don't have several cats. I have, we have one cat. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But we you have, have two. You have two dogs. Charlie passed away. Mm. Oh, yeah. We'd have two dogs. Mm hmm Penny and Sally. It's a good family. They're good dogs. It's good names. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I named the dogs. I yeah. named both of the dogs. Okay. Dylan was uh, Anne's. Anne's, Anne's and named yeah, it. Yeah. Excellent. I yeah. like it. Anyways, we are here to promote your new vlog. Thank you so much. Are, are you excited? I'm very excited. Um, today is May 22nd. Second. And today is the second episode. Um, the first episode was just about kind of me and the day in my life that was very busy. Gives you an example of uh, me. And then today is about CAD resources online. Mm. So I'm having fun. You caught me in the middle of drinking my wine. I did, and that's fine. <laughs> so what kind of CAD resources are there online? Oh, there's so many Give Facebook groups. There's so many. It's like, You've created a couple. I have. I have. I probably have gone a little bit crazy with that. Um, I like <laughs> no. to jump into the groups and, and stir stuff up and, and get people talking. <laughs> people like to stir uh, stuff up on those groups. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I think it's really fun. And I mean, the Korean American adoptee group is the first one that I joined in mm-hmm. 2012. Now it's over 3,000 members. That's a lot. There's new ones every it's single day. Every single day, someone's in there yeah, introducing it seems like themselves. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's interesting. You've got the CADs who are just coming into this world just maybe first time talking mm-hmm. to anyone that's adopted ever, maybe talking to their first Korean person ever, which I think <laughs> yeah. is so cool. And they're, they're kind of shy, but, but, you know, they share and people kind of take them under their wing, which mm-hmm. is cool. And then there's the people who have been talking to people for years and they're in sort of the more complex issues. So I feel yeah, like we've yeah. got CAD 101 and then it'll go up to like, you know, graduate studies. Oh man, there should be a CAD 101. <laughs> yeah, right. We should agree. make that today. I know. I was thinking that actually. I really yeah. was because, you know, just sort of like initial basic stuff. It's like, yo, are you new? Check yeah. this out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people will come in and be like, has anyone thought about dating another race before? And I'm like, yeah, we think about that occasionally. <laughs> once in a while. Every now and then. Absolutely. I used to get that question from parents when I used to do like parent panels Ooh. and stuff like that. And people would be like, like the parents would be like, do you only date Asians? And I'm like, no, I'll, I'll take whatever will take me. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> whatever I can get, I'll take it. That's really funny. I just want somebody to love. <laughs> and you have someone. You have a wonderful wife. true. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and she just happens to be a Korean adoptee. Yes. But I, I mean, I, I told you in, in my episode, I have dated Korean adoptees before. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. So, yeah, it's 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 an experience. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, yeah, well, experience may vary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. depending. Very true for life in general. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't overgeneralize everybody. <laughs> no, it's true. That's what my show's about. Yeah. Everybody's got their own story. That is true. Everyone does. Everyone's Everybody's different. a beautiful snowflake. It's, <laughs> it's true. A unique little special thing. You're you're empty again, almost. Oh wow, that glass went quick. <laughs> the bottle's gonna go quick. So I'm really proud of you. I think <clears throat> you're doing great, and Thank I listen you. every single week. I appreciate that, and I appreciate yes, all of your very public support for the show. Mm-hmm. It's very awesome. I, I tell everyone to contact you to be on the show. I, I appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. And yes, so anybody who show. wants to be on the show do it. should contact me. It's fun. Do it. So are you going to interview other cads for your show as well? I am. Um, I just interviewed Mike today for the first time, which was cool. He was willing to be the first person, and I would love to do more. Got to cool. learn more about the camera if I'm going to take it outside again. Yeah, yeah, no, it seemed to work well, except for the intermittent... The intermittent We have stopping. stopped recording. <laughs> I just decided to stop. This camera's like, so, I quit. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the episode may be a little choppy. We'll see what happens. No, nah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, my episode today is filming outside in really bright sunlight. Mm-hmm. So it looks like, like I'm floating, which is... Cool. Nice. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that's that's maybe not something I'd want to repeat again. Uh, I have a friend who is a photographer that is explaining filters and such oh, yeah. to me. So cool, cool. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, what was the impetus to start this vlog? Hmm, um, that's a good question that you'll probably have to edit because I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I think. You were a big part of it. You you know, you told me about what a podcast was, and I was really interested in hearing other people's stories mm-hmm. and just kind of being active in the community. I've had a lot of really basic questions, kind of like the CAD 101. So I want to cover yeah. some of that and sure. be like, well, go here, um, check this out, and get started with your journey or whatever you'd like <laughs> yes. to say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to talk about dating, stereotypes, food, mm-hmm. um, 
know, all the stuff I'm interested in events coming up. We have the also known as barbecue coming up in yeah. June, which will be really fun in Brooklyn. Um, and I'm on the planning committee for ICA, the International Korean Adoptee Associations, mm-hmm. which is having a gathering in Seoul uh, August 2nd through 7th. I have a planning Skype call in an hour, so we do that every oh. month. And we're up to 400 uh, registrants wow. so far. That's going to be so pretty big. I've never been to something with that many cats before. Oh, you're going to be like, it's overwhelming. <laughs> Mike knows the first he's been time. there before. <laughs> the first time, yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. It'll big be, party. And I'm going to Jeju. Jeju? Jeju? Yes, yep. yes. First time ever. Very oh, nice. Excited. You'll like Jeju. Yep, yep. Is anybody going with you? Uh, yes, I'm going with my friend Tay. He planned it awesome you plan the flight plan the airbnb and we might have a couple of other people joining us cool yeah if you go to uh jeju you have to go to the sex museum oh my god i knew <laughs> i heard of that. <laughs> you have to go are you, you saying i need an education <laughs> no it's like a sight to behold like you go there and you're just like this is wow awesome. oh this is happening oh, that statue is That'll be we're doing good, this it'd be a good vlog episode that would be a great <laughs> vlog episode. We'll yes, see. exactly. I don't know if my parents can watch it. <laughs> it's watch, pretty make, graphic mark sometimes. Mark it explicit. <laughs> you could, uh, well, okay, there are some things that are more appropriate for your parents to see than others. Was there anything that surprised you? Uh, <laughs> I don't have anything surprised me about that. Did you learn anything? Uh... No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what I've heard is that this is a place where the Korean uh, population sends people to learn about sex. That's what I've heard. Is that true? If that is true, I'm very sad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will try to work that in. Um, definitely want to see some waterfalls, the beach. Um, oh, yeah. There's yep. these women that dive. They're, they're older women that do the diving and fishing. Like free diving? Yeah, which I think oh, is that's cool. really amazing. So yeah, I definitely yeah. want to check that out. Yeah. Nice. So we'll see. Yeah. Cool. So you're going to do Tay a vlog for... series on Ica then? Yeah, I'm going to try. I mean, I, don't, I have to find out the sort of rules about public filming and things like that. So mm. for the also known as anniversary, we had people sign a waiver when they registered. Yeah, you're probably going to so, sign. So yeah. that was okay. Um, so if people have done that, then it's sort of free filming. Um, mm-hmm. I do have the possibility of working with someone on a documentary there, um, exploring that right now. So if Is that, it Sam Fuderman? It is not. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't say who it is right now, but Sam may be there. Um, I'd love to see her again. She's really, really sweet. And um, so this this other person is working on it. So if, if that happens, I will definitely. So how did you meet in. her? Um, let's see. Gosh, how did that even happen? I uh, volunteered to work on her screening in New York, the 42nd Street Theater. The big one had a screening there and an after party. So I helped with that. And then I think they they reached out to me. I think her and Jenna and their event planner. Um, So I helped with Kindred. I I wanted to help a lot more with the planning process. Um, Just with my work schedule at the time, it turned out to just be working, helping them Mm -hmm. on site. Um, But the the gala was wonderful. They had great speakers, really nice people. Um, So yeah, maybe a little, do another one. It was pretty cool to meet them. Yeah, that'd be rad. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. And what are these But it's it's been gala season. You went to another one. Which one did you go to? Uh, so I did the AKA gala mm-hmm. and I went to the Korean American story. That gala. looks great. It was a lot of fun. And they honored Hoonie Kim, the chef. They did. Fantastic. Yes. They honored a lot of people. Did you try his food? I have not tried his oh, food yet. Oh, Donji is wonderful. And I've been to Hanjan too. Really? Yeah. All right. I'll have to go. It's good. Off to go. Good stuff. He's my Facebook friend. Hi. Oh, really? <laughs> Hi, Hooney. I'll be glad to eat at your restaurant and Absolutely. promote it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to go to Blue Hill at Stone Barns. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, That'd be yeah. amazing. You know the director, right? The, yeah, she, I forget what her title is, but, um, yeah, I think we should go. That'd be great. We should. Yeah. I went, so I just recently went to the Blue Hill. Here. Here in How New York. It? it was great. Of I went course. with uh, Annalisa, nice. who was on episode, right. what, six, five? Is she doing her show with Eating with Cads? Eating with Dinner with the Dotsies? I wish. I don't think she is. Annalisa, if you're listening to this, you need to do, do dinner with the Dopties and not just at Blue Hill with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I doubt there would be lettering any recording instruments into the oh, Blue Hill. <laughs> but we get if she wanted to cook some Brussels sprouts, I'd be down to eat them. Absolutely, I love Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> they got such a bad rap when we were growing up. They did. But I you never know even had them. You pair anything with bacon and it's on. Oh, absolutely. Why not? And yeah. some garlic. Yeah. Mm. We've got a bacon cookbook here, all bacon yes. recipes. So yes. bacon anytime. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And the other book, The Man Who Ate Everything, which I didn't realize they made a biography about me. (laughs) Mike McDonald, The Man man Who Ate Everything. everything. Exactly. (laughs) We had a delicious brunch today. We did, with a lot of day drinking. Yum, yum. I'm very happy with Manmosas. Nice. I love a Manmosa. (laughs) Excellent. For any of you who are wondering what a Manmosa is, it is a mimosa in a pint glass. Good idea. It's a great idea. Genius. I drank a lot of those. (laughs) Well, okay, so what are the future episodes uh, coming out for your vlog? So I've started a few. I just kind of work on a few at a time and see which one develops the most over the week. As you know, there is a lot of editing involved. Mm -hmm. My friend Matthew, hey Matthew, says that for every minute of a video, it takes three hours of editing. Oh man, I thought it was an hour. No one understands that. I think it's accurate. And my friend, Hukad, wants to do a documentary. I'm like, girl, (laughs) what are you talking (laughs) about? So, hey, if it comes to that, that's cool. Um, I have an episode on racial stereotypes, dating, and what people have said to me in the past that has been very interesting. Well, you heard mine today. I did. That was interesting. That was pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you you would be willing to. Probably not going to share that in the public forum. Yeah, no, it was good though. With my parents listening. Yeah, it was a good one. (laughs) My parents listening (laughs) as well. Um, No, and and I have another one on Asian women's body issues. Mm. That's definitely something that I've dealt with and I've been watching a lot of really great Asian female YouTubers, um, not who are adopted, but I just think as an Asian female, as a CAD, you grow up thinking, all right, I'm Korean. Wait, no, I'm, I'm white. Wait, I'm, I'm both. No, I'm neither. <laughs> and Asian standards of beauty can be very different than American standards mm-hmm. of beauty. So I think that's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Um, I'll have a, a cooking episode in episode one. It was either episode one or the trailer. There was a cooking scene with Brussels sprouts and bacon. Actually, I think that was the first episode. That was the first episode. So, so yeah, I I, I enjoy cooking now. Um, I really think that would be fun. Uh, we've got some cookbooks right here in the room. Mangchi, Mangchi, Mangchi. She's a YouTube star who has an amazing cookbook. Um, Roy Choi from LA. Um, owner That's of a the, good one. I like that. Yeah, book. the Kogi truck. He he talks yeah. about growing up in LA. He thought LA he was son. thought he was Puerto Rican. Um, <laughs> He's pretty badass. It's awesome. He's and, awesome, yeah. Yeah, and A Mouthful of Stars here by Kim, Kim <clears throat> Sune. I haven't heard of that Who one. is a, a cat as well. So she's an really? amazing food writer. Well, Kim Sune, you are welcome on my show. Oh, please, Anytime. Kim, be on the show. She has a wonderful story. She wrote a book, Trail oh, yeah. of Crumbs. Cool. Wonderful biography. Completely recommend it. Made me cry. So I love it. Kim, hi. Kim, come on and make me Absolutely. cry. Absolutely. And then the last one I have on my coffee table here is Lucky Peach 101 Easy Asian recipes. Thank you so much, Raj George from Tiger Beer, for gifting me with that. I'm really excited to make the Chinese lacquered chicken. Cool. It looks amazing. 
Sweet. I mean, so, have you read any of Marcus Samuelson's cookbooks? I, I, I worked with Marcus Samuelson. Oh, got that's right. right yes. Got Sullivan New Cuisine here. Mm. I would love if Marcus came on your show. I would love. <laughs> Anytime you want, Marcus. If Marcus did <laughs> something with AKA, I oh, yeah, that'd be good. will look into that, to be honest. Oh, will you? We've, we've, we have more coming up in the fall for <clears throat> AKA. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. So, so someone's going to get a call from me. <laughs> Marcus, look out. Anyway, Marcus, um, if you are listening, which would be fantastic, um, thank you so much for inspiring me. Um, he was actually the person who recommended I go back to Korea, and that was the first person I talked to about that. We worked at the National Book Festival in D.C. together mm-hmm. promoting his cookbook, Soul of a New Cuisine. Um, and he has an amazing story. He's a really, really good speaker. Yes, amazing. How and a great you? chef. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Well, we didn't even say that. Yes, that is absolutely true. You're empty again. What is this? What's you don't on? have to refill me every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Excellent. Well, do you have anything else that you want to share? Where can find people? Where can, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you can tell we've been day drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find yes. your work? Please go to um, YouTube for the Jen Kim Creative channel. Jen, Jen Kim Creative is um, my company for event planning and floral design. And now my new playlist for vlogs uh for this stuff is jen kim cad so yeah and instagram facebook twitter pinterest jen kim creative cool cool Mm -hmm. i think we should start another new podcast called drinking with adoptees oh that's a great idea i'm not i'm sorry annalisa but i think drinking with adoptees is even a better concept totally co-opting the idea (laughs) because it could like you could tell like it just gets worse and worse as the podcast goes on perfect I think you should totally do that. Or listen, okay. I could do a have, playoff of this and the, the hot wing podcast that yes. we were talking about earlier, but instead of a hot wing, take a shot. every question you take a shot. Okay, this, this is what you should do. You get people from the past episodes together, Uh huh. have a little meetup, and we do that. <laughs> Drinking game CAD or international transracial adoptive I feel podcast. like this would be better for video, though. So this might be oh on your God, show. We might do this on video. I'm Drinking with adoptees. Damn. See, this is what comes from <laughs> collaboration and cross-promotion. Yes. Yes. I like it. I, I'm totally we thinking about five. it. Excellent. All right. So all my past guests, if you're listening or uh, people who would like to be on the show in the future, uh, come on with to Drinking with Adoptees, a future yes. show uh, video series where we drink. Wonderful idea. With adoptees. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Right, Nate Kuba, welcome to the show. Am I hello, saying hello. that correctly? Is that wrong or correct? It's like it's more actually more, more like cupel, like Cupel. The letter Q, P U L L. Way off. I was way off. No, it's you know it's funny. Everyone, um, everyone thinks it's cupel, and I mean sometimes I correct them, but for the most part I don't. And I actually have one of those situations this past weekend at the conference where somebody from Boston um, was like, "Oh, I had no idea that was the way you're supposed to pronounce your name." <laughs> so. Well, let it be known in this public forum that it's people. <laughs> yep. It'll, it'll probably shock a lot of people in Boston who've <laughs> been pronouncing it wrong. We had a friend throughout college who did the same thing to us, except his name is uh, Sudeep. And I think we would call him Sudip the entire time. <laughs> but for four years, I called him out. the wrong name. And then like after, like right before graduation, he's like, actually, you pronounce my name like Sudeep. And it was like, oh, well, this is embarrassing. <laughs> It's been going on for a while. Yeah, you could have told this to us four years ago. Right, right.
Well, fortunately, you have a very easy name to pronounce, so. Yes, uh, but the issue with my name and the reason why I go by Mike McDonald, other than the fact that everybody calls me Mike McDonald, Mike Mick, is uh, Michael McDonald is a famous Doobie brother. I don't know if you know this. Oh, no. And uh, pretty much since, like, seventh grade, everybody of that generation who has heard of or liked the Doobie brothers. Yeah. Uh, is basically like, oh, Michael McDonald, you know he's a famous Dewey brother, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yep, yep, not the first time I heard that. <laughs> heard this before, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah, but no uh, other Nate Cupels. Nope, nope. That's I've Googled it, and uh, you're the one and only. The one and only, you know. <laughs> well, that's awesome. what, what's the origin of the Cupel name? Uh, it's actually Lithuanian. Lithuanian. Yeah, yeah. So it, it I, from what I understand, it was originally um, Cupalis when, uh-huh. you know, the great, great, great grandparents or whatever <laughs> immigrated here. So it was, you know, it was Cupalis and then it got shortened when, it, when they immigrated to the U.S. So. Oh, so are yeah. your parents Lithuanian? Well, Lithuanian. that's on my dad's side. So, okay. you know, he's like four generations removed from from that. So, but, um, but yeah, that's on my dad's side. My mom's side is um, um, English. Oh, okay. Like yeah. English, like proper English. Yeah, I mean, again, going back many generations, Decades and generations ago. <laughs> right, right. So, were were, were her families like the early settlers from England? Does it go no. back that far? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know, man. <laughs> you haven't like ancestry dot com did up? No, I don't. I, all I know is that we, my family, drinks a lot of tea. So, oh, <laughs> that's pretty English. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Keeping it real. Nice. How is Boston up there right now? Boston's actually – it's actually a really nice day today. I don't know if it's like that uh, Yeah, it's a gorgeous you. day. It's yeah. supposed to rain tomorrow though. So have you have you been out at all today or – Yeah, yeah. Actually, I just went out to uh, pick up Oliver. Uh, I don't know if you met him last week. Um yeah, I did. His boyfriend. Oh, wait. Maybe I – well – Maybe I have met him before. Yes, we're <laughs> running. Like been... Yeah, we're running the Bear Mountain 10K tomorrow. It's oh gonna wow! Be terrible, especially oh if it rains. God. It's going to be not fun. <laughs> wow! Wait, wow! That's so a lot of training then, huh? I, I probably should have done more training, especially <laughs> with the uh, elevation than I have. It like I'm pretty good at like flat running or yeah. like minor hills, but like uh, we're talking like a 600 foot elevation increase over the okay. course of this race, which is not going to be. A whole lot of fun in the rain. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how do you even train for that, really? You just kind of run normally and try to get the mileage up or mixed, you know, yeah. hills and downhill and what? <clears throat> I mean, the hill runs, I heard stair, stairs are a very good way to train for that. You've heard, but you haven't used it. <laughs> I haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know for next time. It's good right? to know uh, for the next time that I never do this again. <clears throat> yes. Uh. <laughs> Wow. Well, kudos to you, man. Good luck. I'll be thinking about you tomorrow when I'm <laughs> sitting in my chair. Not when you're in bed sleeping. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Next... He's doing that thing today. Yeah. Well, the next race that uh, Oliver had me sign up for and uh, Jay Renner's boyfriend, Peter, had me, or husband, I guess now, uh, had me sign up for was the Brooklyn Half Marathon. Wow. Jeez. Which oh, is God. another one where I'm like, but – I didn't realize because my planning skills have uh, fallen to the wayside lately because I've been so Ugh. busy. That it's the same day as the also known as teen mentorship event that I had planned as well. Oh, wow. Which isn't even in the same borough as Brooklyn. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to be hurting that day. I'm going to be like trying to play laser tag after running a half marathon. Oh, it's a laser tag. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. My legs are going to be busy. I'm going to get a lot of steps in for all you <laughs> fit-ers. <laughs> 
Well, you know, for anyone who's listening right now from the mentor program, they'll be able to just, you'll be like an easy mark. You know? Oh, yeah. They'll just know you're going to be worn out. Crawling. So. <laughs> Look for the dead guy on the floor. Just shoot him yeah. a bunch of times. Get free points. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah. That sounds like fun. I wish we had one of those in Boston. But that was always, you know, when I was part of BKA, that was always one of those things that we, we talked about through mm-hmm. around was doing mentor stuff. But, um, you know, it's just it, – it's like a lot of work to get there, you know, from the yeah. start to, to actually implementing and recruiting and stuff. So it's uh, it's great that New York has such a great program. That is true. Well, you know, BKA is a great program. Are they a 501c3 officially? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yep. awesome. So you guys have bylaws and. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me a little bit about BKA. Uh, sure. So um, I was the president for about six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was, it started pretty small. I think like our board when I first started was, uh, I don't know, six, I think maybe six people. We had a pretty small, a small group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I don't know. It's kind of just the, I think it's kind of the, the generational thing for a lot of, um, a lot of adoptees hitting their, their twenties and stuff. Um, at the same time, there's a lot of them in that generation, you know, um, like early eighties and, and forward and stuff. So, uh, yeah. So as we, as we got going, it just got more and more busy. We had a film festival one year, which was really cool. Um, cooking classes and stuff that's still going on. Actually, they have Mm -hmm. cooking classes now and now they have a Korean language class. So, um, yeah, it's been really, it's really cool to kind of see the evolution of the group. Um, and you know, we, we, um, collaborated with AKA once on that, um, whatever that conference was, what was that? The East coast extravaganza maybe, or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember. There was another, there's another like adoptee event. It may have been that, or maybe it was something else, but we, we kind of collaborated too. So that sounds like we, a big party. Yeah. Yeah. We, we try to keep the, the Yankee Red Sox rivalry to a minimum, you know. Ooh, so. They're playing right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. stomped yesterday. It was very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I took a little bit of a break, a little bit of a break for a little while. Um, I got married last year, so. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, um, but yeah, now, now things are going moving along more. They've got lots of programs and stuff. And I mean, yeah. they, they did when I was gone too, but I just was kind of like on a hiatus, you know, mm-hmm. that whole wedding thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's go back and talk about, uh, you a little bit. Um, did you grow up in and around the Boston area? No, actually I grew up in, um, in Maine. Okay. You were yeah, adopted I, to Maine? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in, um, a town called Scarborough. Oh, it's, I feel like I've heard uh, of that, but maybe there's a lot of Scarboroughs out there. Uh, I think there's one in Ontario, but, <laughs> um, I, it's like right outside Portland. So have you ever been to Portland, Maine? I have not. Like, I've never been to Maine. Oh, okay. Tell me um, about Maine. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, one of the whitest states in the country, which you probably know. <laughs> yeah, it seems um, pretty white. Yeah. So, but you know, Portland's actually pretty diverse. There's actually, um, number of immigrant communities and stuff living in the area so oh, yeah. portland's portland's a little bit more diverse but yeah so uh grew up in scarborough yeah portland and portland just got a whole lot cooler when when i got older like now there's all these this like happening restaurant scene and stuff but before maybe it was just because i was younger so i just couldn't you know like when i was <laughs> underage i couldn't go out to anything anyways but 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, if you ever get a if you ever get a chance to do like a, a weekend trip or something like that, it's probably more of a more of a trek for you, I guess, than for us because it's only yeah. about <laughs> like two hours drive from us, one hour oh, really? and a half or something, an hour yeah. and a half or something. But but yeah, it's it's a fun thing to do. I, I like it. So, uh, at what age were you adopted to Maine? I was five months. Okay, pretty young. Yeah, five months old. Yep, yep. I was pretty young. <laughs> to the Cupels. Yep, to the, the Cupel family. Yep. Um, I was born in Busan. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I was adopted when I was five months. I also have um, a younger sister who is Taiwanese and a younger brother is Vietnamese. Oh wow! They're all adopted. So not ages, just but... all Korean in your family, huh? Nope. Nope. Were they all through the same agency? Yes. Through Holt. I'm pretty through sure Holt? it was all through Holt. Yeah. All Holt kids? Yep. That's what it is. <laughs> and where do you stack up? Are you like the oldest brother? Yeah. I'm the oldest. Yep. <clears throat> and how, oldest. Old, how much younger are they than you? Um, it's like the youngest is 23 and then 26. Okay. Yeah. So they're like all out of college, fully formed adults now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or half formed adults. <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> if they listen to this, they're going to be like, what the hell? We'll <laughs> <laughs> beat you up when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> Where do they live now? Um, they're, they're at, uh, they live in Scarborough. With oh, they're still there? Still out yeah, there? Yeah. Yep. Working and doing their thing there. So cool. What Which I can't blame them for because it's like, you know, so expensive to live here in Boston, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, well, any city, right? <laughs> right. No, any city, but for, yeah, for sure. And uh, what do your parents do? Uh, so my dad – actually, this is um, – so my dad is the principal of and founder of this um, marketing consulting research company, oh, which cool. I actually work from him now. I, oh, um, nice. I just started there a couple months ago, so – Cool. He's my boss, <laughs> which is it's a whole, you know. Are you like head of the Boston thing. branch or is he out there with you? Yeah, pretty much. I'm kind of like the Boston office, you know, and they're all in Portland. So I, I make it up to Portland like I try to go Thursday and Fridays mm -hmm. um, when I don't have like meetings and stuff going on here. But yeah, so that's been interesting. We, we're like we always joke about we have this thing, the the, the dad hat or the boss hat or the Nate hat or the son hat. I don't know. So like when we have these conversations, sometimes it's just kind of funny, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm putting my, you know, dad hat and, you know, I'm putting my son hat on or whatever. So, but isn't, you know, it's interesting. We like kind of this family business kind of feel cause it's a small yeah. company with like five people. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely a change, but so far so good. Cool. What were you doing before this? I actually work for a, a nonprofit called Youth Build USA. They're an international nonprofit, and they work with young people 16 to 24. They do job training skills, counseling, case management, GED prep, and post-secondary education stuff, career college readiness. They kind of have, I don't know, a comprehensive approach to working with young people that's about building their skills, building their, their education and their, their families and stuff so they can support themselves. So. I worked for them for about three and a half, yeah, three and a half years, three, three and a half years um, in their, their training department. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. you trained the people who would actually go out and do this stuff? Well, we, I tr we trained, um, mainly we trained program staff. So mm -hmm. there were about, I think about 270 programs across the country, maybe more than that now. But um, And so we would go out and provide the technical assistance to those program staff. So they knew how to, you know, work with the young people and get the funding and that kind of stuff. 
So cool. Yeah, all right, it was so good. I liked up, it. A lot of travel. Yeah. So you're growing up in uh, Scarborough, yep. in a mostly white community. Yep. Were you, were you and your uh, siblings the only people of color in your community, or, or um, was pretty there close? More? Pretty yep. close. I mean. There are a few others. Um, for the most part, I think I could probably count all of the people of color in my like high school on maybe one hand, maybe two hands, <laughs> maybe <laughs> just a little over one hand. But well, how um, big was your high school? I don't know, nine hundred. Well, yeah, it's pretty significant then. That's like yeah. a lot of white people. It sounds like. Yeah, but you know, like you get used to it. You know, it's it's yeah, one of, of those things. You get used to it and it's just, you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, it gets weird, right? Cause you kind of forget, I think that's the thing that like most adoptees are like, they kind of forget sort of the, the reality of, you know, what we look like, right. You know, until, yeah. until later, um, and like what our, our racial identity is and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it wasn't all that diverse. I think like, I, I think like one of my best friends was one of the only Asian guys there. <laughs> and so it was just like him and I, I think there may have been one other dude, but, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much like that. Um, all throughout, all throughout high school, middle school, high school, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, the whole experience, I guess. So, uh, you, that was mostly how you identify was just basically like another, another white kid or another regular kid hanging around. I don't know. I mean, I don't even, it, it's really hard to go back there and kind of remember what I thought back then. Yeah. I, I just didn't, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, like when I was growing up, I just didn't want to be different at all. Like, you know, no kid wants to be different anyways. Yeah, and then yeah. you add the, the, uh, the identity part to it and that just kind of complicates it more. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, um, you know, I remember my parents like forcing me to go to the Holt camps. Like I did not want to go. <laughs> And Did I you went, go to the Jersey one? Is that yeah, the Jersey one? Yeah. <laughs> when were you there? Two years. I went for two years, and I God, I don't even remember how old I was. Maybe eleven, twelve. I'm not sure. I, I can't really remember at all. <laughs> okay. So you're like, you, it wasn't for you. No, it wasn't. Not at the time, at least. It was. It was not. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be different at all. So <clears throat> no, it was not my thing. But. Did your siblings um, go to that too? No, I I was the only one. <laughs> I think I probably ruined it. If they if they had even wanted to go, they, my parents realized very quickly. Like, you sat them down and you're like, "Oh, we want to go to camp." And you're like, "Don't do it." <laughs> no, I don't, don't think do I said terrible. that. Terrible. No. I think my parents were probably like, "Well, Nate didn't like it, so maybe we shouldn't." <laughs> <laughs> you know. So. Oh man! So you just like the whole week you were just like, "I just want to hang out with my friends back at home." Like, no, I, I mean, I mean, stuff. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like. I was resistant to going, uh-huh. but, but once I got there, I mean, I, I, I did have a relatively good time, but it was just, it's like, you know, when you're there and you're in the environment where you're surrounded by people who look like you, it's great then, but then you leave it and you're like, okay, back to, you know, back to business as usual, you know? <laughs> so, um, so you felt like I mean, it was hard to reintegrate once you got back from hold camp. Yes, yeah, sort of, I guess. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of that way, hmm. but I mean, I, I mean, now I don't, I don't regret it at all. I think, I think it was a really important thing for me, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and so you, you went too, yeah? I did. I went for all the years I could go. What? Wait, what? Wait, yeah, what is I went that? from I mean, ages nine to 15. So what is that? Uh, I guess that was eight ninety four to, 
I don't know, 2000, I guess. Wow. That, that sounds about right. And so you must have had time. a good experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, initially when I was asked, because I think that same year when I was nine, I was I, like every summer I went to a ton of camps. I went to like uh, I went to Holt Camp, I went to Theater Camp, and I then I think some other summer camp, just a regular summer camp at an elementary school or something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that year they asked me, and they were like, "If you don't want to go, you don't have to go." That was how I recall it. And I was like, "Well, I don't know." I think. Me and my sister both decided that we were going to go. Um, and after that first year, it was like, had such a good experience. I was like, this is awesome because I think it was the first time seeing like that many adoptees. And back in the day, in like 94, it wasn't even like Holt Heritage Camp. It was like literally called Korean Camp or something like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> back then it was like pretty much all Korean adoptees. Yep. And that was it. <laughs> there weren't like any other ones. But then when they realized that, there are other adoptees that also need this service yeah. yep. uh, who aren't necessarily Korean. They opened it up, which was awesome. And that's, you know, I think, you know, there are organizations now that are going through similar growth struggles yep. that say, we should probably open this up past Koreans because <laughs> yeah. there's other adoptees out there who have similar experiences or experiences that and needs that need to be filled. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I had a great experience there. It was like uh, so good, in fact, that one year, I don't know if my mom remembers this. She, she'll listen. She's going to be <laughs> probably going to bring up some shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, one year we got dropped off. I think it was like when I was probably like 14 or 15. And I was like so happy to go back because it wasn't like a mentorship program that yeah. I'm aware of during that time that kind of continued through the year. Like that was it. It was like one shot, one week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's your experience hanging out with adoptees for, for mm -hmm. the year. And so – Every year when the camp was done, I'd be like uh, just a mess. I'd be crying and like oh. so upset because I wouldn't be able to see anybody for like the whole year. <laughs> and I had like pen pals or whatever, uh, save for a couple people like uh, Jay Rindner who I would see like we'd go to the beach and stuff and our families would get together. Mm -hmm. um, but mostly it was like I was such a mess that my parents would like bring me and my sister to the it became a tradition to go to this ice cream shop on the way home to like calm us down. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Some, like big chocolate milkshake. <laughs> nice. You do what you gotta do, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. Especially as a parent, you don't want to have like some crying child in the back of your car for an hour. Yeah. No, <laughs> some totally miserable <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> that was a nightmare on so many levels. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, I think one year and when I was 14, we got there my parents were dropping us off. And I, I think I said oh, maybe a little bit too loud, like, oh, back home. Like, and that's how I felt. And I think yeah. I offended my, my mom because she was like uh, immediately like, what do you mean home? Like, where are you yeah. home? I was like, yes. I mean, you're obviously like Hillsborough, New Jersey is my home. Like, that's where I was raised and everything. But it, it, there was a lack of not diversity in Hillsborough, but obviously a lack of that very specific niche community that right. – I was a part of and you didn't have to explain who you are or, or any background stuff that comes – any baggage that comes with being an adoptee when you're <clears> in the <throat> place. Yeah. Which was awesome. And it's a good experience and it was good to explore as a child because I – you know, anecdotally, I would say that it's harder to explore these identity issues as an adult than it is as a, as a kid. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> so the people who are just kind of getting into exploring their – identity as an adoptee in their 20s, 30s, and later, I think they have a very difficult time with that sometimes. Yeah. No, I like, mean, 
and even like even later than that too, you know, like thirties, yeah. fifties, you know, that mm-hmm. that could be even more difficult. You know, you already have a family and stuff, and exactly, yeah, <clears throat> trying to figure out the like the whole identity thing that you've known for you know forty, fifty years or whatever, <laughs> right? You know, <clears throat> it's like the Matrix. We usually don't try to bring people in this late in life. <laughs> They have a hard time adjusting. Yeah, you don't give them. You don't give them the. Uh, what is it the blue pill? Is that the? Is that I one? don't remember. Right, the blue, the red pill. Or the it blue doesn't pill? matter because my audience members that are twenty and under don't even know what the Matrix is. I oh God! <laughs> it's really sad. Oh, the Matrix! Such a good movie. Too. Kids, go back and watch one. the Matrix. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, that's on our. That's on the. That's on the watch list. You gotta yes, watch it. Yeah. So you had a you had a terrible time, or you had a good time at Holt, but I had a hard time readjusting when you got back to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like I didn't really want to. My parent. I mean, my parents actually did a lot of stuff, like cultural stuff. You know, like there oh, was yeah. one for a little while. I was enrolled in a Korean Korean language class. Oh yeah. Um, my dad was in it too. He did. He did like the adult one. And I did the the kids one. Oh, cool. Aside from just there not being any Korean food or whatever, you know, like we did do stuff. You know, like we had the the camps and stuff. Yeah, I think it's still hard, right? Because most of the time, our parents really just don't really know what korea is or yeah you know so i think generally speaking there's really kind of these antiquated mm. like understandings of what korea is like or what mm-hmm. asia is like you know and i think i think one of the the maybe the major revela- revelations for me later for most i think for most adoptees is discovering more of the asian american or korean american identity mm-hmm. or that there's stuff going on <laughs> in the asian american <laughs> or korean american community right like that it doesn't that it's not just about what's going on in Korea, right? Like yeah, that yeah. there's this other sort of plurality, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that was always, that was always the hard thing. Just you, when you're not surrounded by people that look like you, or that aren't mirror, mirroring back the way you look, you don't want to, you, you really don't want to be any different. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was really difficult. But I went, when I went to college, that was, um, that was mostly when things changed, you know, it was a lot more diverse. Mm-hmm. I went to, I went to university of Massachusetts in Amherst, oh, okay. which is in Western yeah. Mass. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anybody who went there, it's good. Really? School. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think <laughs> that was more of when the identity stuff started for me. Oh yeah. Um, well, so I, I was, um, an Asian American studies minor at the time. Or, mm-hmm. Actually, it was a certificate program, and I did sociology. Well, I jumped all over the place. You know, everyone is like, <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> like, I started the first two years. Everybody's jumping, right? Up. No, I so I started as I started as a jazz performance major in college. <laughs> That's rad. Yep, and then I switched to um, social thought and political economy as a major. <laughs> it's different and than then, jazz. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> than jazz. And then I changed to sociology, and then I added Asian American studies, okay. and then I dropped the social thought and political economy. Um, so yeah, it was a little all over the place in college, I guess. Yeah, but you know, yeah. the, many different the, interests. Though. That's good. You're well rounded. Yeah. Well, you know, I think for a lot of adoptees, and when I was listening to the o- Omio's interview that you did, like I, I couldn't stop thinking about just how, you know, there are so many adoptees who do research on adoptees because that's one of like the higher functioning ways of really analyzing ourselves is intellectualizing things, you know? Mm -hmm. And I did that, you know, I, I did that for a while, like in college, I did my, my thesis on uh, adoptee identity, Asian adoptee identity. Mm -hmm. And after college, I worked at a, 
a research institute, an, uh, an institute for Asian American studies for a little while, who, where we did community-based research. Cool. So, yeah, I think um, the the sort of like college early twenties was like a really important thing for just figuring out the whole identity piece, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's when BKA came in was like in my early twenties. So that's like uh, so. when did you seek them out? Or was it something that you saw and was just like, I could, uh, I could try to go to an event? It was actually because a family friend, their daughter was the president at the time. Oh, yeah? Who, um, uh, who was the president then? Uh, Myung Lepore. I think I knew her. Yeah. Was this around like 2007-ish? Uh, yeah, yeah. It would have been around 2006, 2007. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually got to know each other over the 2007 gathering back Oh, back. really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. I haven't, so, I haven't know, seen her in a very long time. <laughs> no, I haven't seen her in a long time either. I, we just like stay up on Facebook and stuff. But oh, haven't seen her. I mean, that's I how much she's doing. She's Is she still in the yeah, Boston area? No, she's not. Um, I think she might be in Connecticut or somewhere on the Connecticut Massachusetts oh, line okay. somewhere. So when when you started getting involved with BKA, so a family friend recommended that you get involved yeah. in the group. Yep. Uh, what was the first event that you ended up going to? First event. You remember? Um, geez, no, actually, I don't remember right now. It's either, um, it may have just been a board meeting. Like, they were like, oh, another career adopter. You should join just the board. You just dropped into the board yeah. meeting? <laughs> no, like, like, they needed board members. And hey, guys, I'm was, here. Yeah, I was like, fresh blood, you know? <laughs> I'm your new BKA overlord. <laughs> right, right. So I joined the board. And what um, uh, what capacity did you join the board as? Just a, just a board member. Okay, and that was in that was in two thousand seven, I guess, or mm-hmm. two thousand six, maybe end of two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, <clears throat> and then, who else was on the board with you there? Oh, geez. Um, let's see. Uh, Beth Aaron's with Eileen Thompson, um, Sarah O'Neill, Anne Henry, um, Jen Strong. Um, I think that's it. And if there's other, and and if you're out there and I forgot you, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't I? I, I mean, it was nine years ago. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, cool. So you're a board member for BKA. Uh, you were just like a voting member. What kind of uh, things did you guys plan out there? Um, I mean, it was pretty low lift back then. We it was like. I think we just did quarterly events at the time. Oh, yeah. And so like our biggest one was like we had a Chusa dinner and, and oh, a yeah, major nice. dinner and um, <clears throat> a couple things here and there. But it's like major um, holidays. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean just kind of smaller events and stuff. Um, it was a smaller membership back then too, so mm. that's pretty tight knit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um and then, you know, as, as things, this always happens in adoptive organizations just around like just generational changes, you know, yep. you know, people get older, they get married, they have families and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So, and then things started changing, um, probably a couple of years in and <clears throat> I met, uh, did you, okay, no, Chris wasn't there this past weekend, Chris Albrizio, Br- Brendan's brother. So, um, you met Brendan though. He okay. was at yeah, he was yeah. at the the New York the the AKA twentieth. No, the uh, the New York the NYU thing. What was that? Oh the yeah, the NYSAC. Yeah. NYSAC, yeah. He was there, um, but um, but then I met uh, Chris, who's his brother, and um, in a it was actually funny. I was in a 
um, a Korean language class. It was like a, it was the Cambridge center for adult education. And I joined this Korean language class and it was, I think it was maybe like eight people. And the instructor was like, let's go around, introduce yourself and tell us why you're interested in learning Korean. Mm -hmm. And probably six out of the eight people were all Korean adoptees. Really? (laughs) Yeah. It was just crazy. That's so so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, most of them, pretty much all of them got involved in BKA right away. Oh, that's awesome. They didn't hear about it before. It was just like happenstance that they were in this Korean class. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I was like, Hey, you should join, (laughs) you know? Um, so that was really funny. But I mean, that's, that's the thing I always find so interesting is that like, um, there, there's these situations, like there was another one, uh, it was at the, and this one makes more sense, obviously, because it was at the con conference, but you've ever been to a con conference before? No, no. Uh, there was one coming up in Pittsburgh, but I don't think I'm going to go. Yeah. Well, I met a, I met a bunch in the con conference when I was in Boston too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's weird. You know, you, you just kind of meet Korean adoptees sort of all over the place. Like I used yeah. to, my, my old office, there was. I think four of us, there are four Korean adoptees in my old office. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, which was sizable. I think there was like five at one point too. Jeez, um, yeah. So BKA was pretty much like, I don't know, I'd say it was one of the most important things in my life, you know? Sure, for yeah. For a, a long time, right? Um, and um, yeah. <laughs> so did you just like uh, end up making like really great friends there and hang out with them all the time outside of BKA or was it just, I'll see you next quarter at the Lunar New Year dinner? No, I I think it, I think it'd be, I think that was why it just, I think that's why um, a lot of people ended up getting so involved was because we all just ended up becoming friends, you know? Yeah. Um, Actually, it was after that East Coast Extravaganza conference (laughs) in New York um, when, like, I think a lot of people in in BKA got really close. Oh, Um, that's awesome. It was one of those things where, like, we knew that there was probably maybe three or four people coming from Boston that we knew of. Mm -hmm. And then we got there and, and... I think like, like, um, Mihan was like, okay, we're going to take group photos. Okay. Boston, you're up next. And I was expecting like four people to get up there. And then like 10 people got up there. I was like, who are you? Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> How have we not met before? You know, that's awesome. Yeah. And then they all kind of, like, we all came back pretty close and, um, and it just kind of, you know, it kind of grew from there. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So then after that, did you ascend to the presidency of BKA? Yeah, probably. I think probably at a default, you know, <laughs> it's like nobody it's how it works sometimes, yeah, right? Um, you know, people kind of leave their post and, and they're like, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. <pretty laughs> Everyone's much. like putting their hands on, you know, <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was really great. And, um, I got to go to a lot of cool like mini gatherings and stuff. I think actually the yeah. first mini gathering I ever went to was in Vegas. Did you go to that one by any chance? No, I didn't even know there was one in Vegas. That must have been yeah. crazy. That yeah, it was. It was in <laughs> I think it may have been 2007 or 2008. Oh, geez, yeah. yeah. Um so that was good. That was I think that was my first one. Oh yeah. Um how did you enjoy it? I mean, like I said it was great. It was uh, it wasn't too big. I think there was maybe like 75 people. So okay. that's manageable. It was, it's a good, it was one of those good sizes where you felt like you could actually have decent conversations and get to know people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, and yeah, that was, that was, that was really fun. It, it wasn't, d- despite what you might think, it wasn't that crazy. <laughs> it was, um, it I was won't ask you to reveal anything because you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
but really nothing did. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So that was, that was cool. And I went to the, the gathering in 2010. Oh yeah. Were you at that one? No, I was, uh, I think I just left Korea when that was happening. Cause that happened in August and I left Korea in June, 2010. Okay. Oh, you were lived, you lived there, right? Yeah. I was living there. So I wasn't about to get on a plane back to Korea. <laughs> I really, that's one of those things that's like on my that like was on my bucket list for a long time was just living in Korea, like, living in Korea. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, the older you get, the less and the more, um, tracked into life you are, you know, with yeah, job well, now and, you're and everything. Married and everything. Yeah. Does your wife want to move to Korea? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe she, she, I think she's out, out in the other room watching a Korean drama right now. So oh, really? <laughs> I don't think she would mind. <laughs> <laughs> she can go experience all the Korean drama. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going this summer to Korea and for the gathering. Well, actually, no, I'm not. I'm going a couple weeks after the gathering. Um, mm. It was kind of a tough decision. I, I wanted to go to see my birth family, you know, but okay. I knew it was one of those things I knew if I went to the conference that I'd end up spending the majority of my time in Seoul yeah. and doing conference stuff and I wouldn't mm -hmm. actually see my family that much. Mm -hmm. So and the plan is going with some friends. Um, we're going to be in Seoul for a little while and then we're going to go down <clears> to Busan <throat> for a little while too. So, cool. um, yeah. It'll be so good. when did you start your birth search? Uh, uh, when I was, I, the first time I ever did one was when I was 18. Oh yeah. And <clears throat> just so like, college? I feel like, um, I, like towards the end of high school. So like, um, <coughs> I submitted an application and with my parents and just like so many other people I've talked to, they were like, Nope, we don't have anything. There's yeah. nothing. Yeah. There's no information piece, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, um, just, you know, over the years, just talking to so many different adoptees, I was like convinced that there was some, there must be some information. And mm -hmm. I, I did another search in 2009, I think. Yeah. Um, and pretty quickly after that, they got back to me and said, oh yeah, we've, we've been in contact with your mom and oh, really? here's her photo. Here's a letter from her. And wow. Yeah communication started right away and then so I met her a step from we have nothing <clears throat> right yeah I mean that's that's always the thing when you've been told that there's nothing and then you t you take a chance and do it and you realize like I mean it's exciting but then at the same time you're like what the <laughs> you know like you've had this for you know so long and you and they lied about it you know yeah so that always just get gets under my skin um because then you know you always talk to so many adoptees who are like I want to search but I'm scared that they're not going to have anything. That's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's just I, like so many people where they probably have information, but because of the person they spoke to in Korea, the social worker or something, they might not have it. You know, they yeah. might not have access to it. Yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, so they, I searched. This time huh? they got back to you. Yeah, they did. Well, it was because um, I was talking to an adoptee, an adoptee who recommended a specific person oh, really? at Holt in Korea. Um, who was the and person? So, I don't even remember. Uh, it was a it was a Korean social worker who. Yeah. She said <clears throat> she had heard about being, um, who was like more, more sympathetic to the Korean adoptees than some other social workers there. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I think that's. That was definitely one of the keys. I mean, who knows if I had gotten another social worker, maybe I wouldn't have gained access. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I met her a couple months later after the search happened and I met three cousins, met my half sister, half brother, and then my mom 
I mean, cause she remarried. So I guess he'd be my stepdad then, but, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, we've kind of kept, kept in touch here and there. It's been kind of hard cause, cause my Korean's terrible, like not even conversational, not even like nothing really. Um, yeah, yeah. I've taken it so many times, but I just haven't retained anything. It's hard. It Especially is. Especially if you don't practice it, if you're not immersed in it, it's very different. Right. I mean, I can read somewhat phonetically, but I mm-hmm. can't really tell you what I'm reading. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the hard part, just the communication. You know, mm-hmm. I, I talked to my sister here and there just cause she, her English is pretty good. She, she, oh, yeah. um, studied abroad in, in uh, Vancouver. So oh, okay. nice. her English got pretty good. Yeah. So my brother's English is pretty decent too, but hers specifically cause she's, she was in an English speaking, uh, English speaking place, but, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I'm excited to see him again this um this summer. But yeah. actually I need to that reminds me I have to email them about the dates. I haven't told them which dates I'm coming yet. <laughs> it's probably important that uh yeah, they know that information. Yeah. Siri? No. <laughs> <laughs> is that a reminder? No. Yeah, well have you I, I don't know if this has worked yet. I know it was in beta, I don't know if it's out, but Skype apparently is integrating a live translation service. So you can like video conference in another language and it'll show captions of the translation. But but like how, how are they translating it though? I have is no it, idea. Like, an algorithm or an actual person translating? No, I think it's an algorithm. I'm sure it's an <laughs> algorithm. But I don't know like how good it is or how yeah. accurate or even if it's It's like Google yet. Translate. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Because <laughs> I, I literally have no idea. Like there are so many questions that I have with that. I'm like, how does it work? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. That's um. I think BKA has a translation program right now, which is pretty cool. Oh, do they? They have yeah for Korean adoptees who um, in touch with their birth families and stuff. I haven't actually used it, but that actually reminds me I should this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, that's you know that's one of the biggest problems with staying in touch. Yeah, with absolutely. Family. Yeah, for people who, like, I mean, there are some Korean adoptees who speak Korean pretty well, but mm-hmm. well, the language um, barrier is is tough. Yeah, it is, and I just I always felt bad because I I used to have a one of my best friends from college translate like emails and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like I'd send him an email and be like, Hey man, what's up? Can you translate this for me? And then, <laughs> you know, he's got his life going on. So maybe a couple weeks later he'd say, okay, here's the translation. Sorry. It took me a while. And then I'd send it off to my mom and then mm-hmm. she'd read it, but she wouldn't reply because you know, she's got her life going on. So I'd, yeah. a couple weeks would pass and then she'd send something back to me. It's in Korean. And then I have to send it to my friends and <laughs> translate it, you know? So, so now BK has a dedicated, translation yeah. service from what i understand i haven't used it yet but it sounds really cool i'm glad that they did that yeah it's always one of those things i thought that like we should have well did know? they outsource it <laughs> like what did they go through a third-party company or is there somebody in-house at bk who's just like <laughs> translating korean furiously <laughs> <laughs> i think it's um i think it's somebody in the korean american community in boston somebody that somebody knows oh okay and who has agreed to do it so nice yeah so that's a it's a good thing you know yeah, that's very nice so, so how involved, uh, uh, so you did your birth search, you found your birth family, yep. but the relationship is a little bit difficult due to the communication issues. Yeah. Uh, I mean that, that's a fairly common story when you, when you find a birth family, I feel like the communication part is always going to be difficult, not just because yeah. of communication, but there are sensitivities. Um, right. you know, a lot of it on their side, I'm sure is like, to extended family, the realization that uh, your birth mother or father had a different life at one point. Yeah. Well, I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know how many people in my family know about me. Oh really. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's you know, 
the people I met know me about me and stuff, but, um, I haven't met, I haven't met my father and mm. I, I don't know if I will actually, cause my mom says that he passed away, but I, that was after I'd been asking her for a long time to get in touch with him. Mm. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe he is around and she just doesn't want to. And, and I understand too, cause, um, this, from what I understand, he was really abusive. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's one of those really, that's been always one of those tough things because everyone in my birth family says I look exactly like my father, but nobody has any photos of him. So I, I can't huh. even, like, I don't even really know what he looks yeah. like. Um, yeah. and I know he's got like five kids or something like that. Um, oh, wow. so I've got, you know, five other half siblings somewhere. Um, but yeah, so that was always, a, that was always a tough thing for me. Cause I, I kind of wanted to ask about like some stuff about him, but then I felt sure. really bad about, you know, bringing up really tough memories and stuff for my mom. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's obvious sensitivities, especially if he was abusive and I could see that somebody having gone through that would want to just put that all behind her. Yeah. Um, well, that, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of adoptees I've met who have reunited with their birth families mm-hmm. have kind of, a have, have had like, um, abusive parents or fathers or, you know. Yeah. I've heard that from a few, uh, few adoptees. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, was that the, was that the circumstances surrounding your adoption? Do you know? Not really. Um, it was just, I actually, there's, there's parts of it that I don't even really, I can't even really remember when we were talking about it. You know, things kind of get shifted around in your memory, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I can't remember exactly what the circumstances were, like whether he was still around at that point or if he knew about me or not, my father at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my mom was pretty young at the time. And um, so I, I think he had gone already. I think he had, I think he had left already. But um, and he was a little older. I think he, he was like maybe f- five or six years older than her at the time. Okay. Um, and, but, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing I want to ask you about, right? Cause sure. there's all this stuff about, I feel like, I guess Korean adoptees, there's all, we always talk about birth mothers. Yeah. And I mean, as, as men, right? Like we, I mean, even, even though, right, even though, you know, what I'm trying to get at, right. Which is that like, we talk about our birth mothers a lot, but like, I don't really know exactly know how our birth fathers fit in, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I still, you know, I still think about my mo- mom a lot more and, and that's probably just because I know that my father was pretty abusive, but, mm. um, I don't feel like we ever created up to really talk about their birth fathers at all. Yeah, no, know? it's not brought up too much. Uh, it's, it, and being a male adoptee, I think is a bigger rarity, I think. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about this at the NISAC thing yeah. at NYU, but, um, yeah, the, the men are definitely in the minority in terms of the adoption community. Mm. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the focus is on the birth mother, right, wrong, or indifferent, and not a whole lot on the father. And I'm not sure what the circumstances surrounding that are, whether it's because there are a lot of cases where the birth mother was being abused or some kind of similar situation. Um, As a man, I've kind of always thought more, more about my birth father than my birth mother. Mm, okay. Because I, yeah, it was, I think it's something similar. Like I kind of want to see if I look like him or if there's behavioral differences or similarities. Yeah. Things like that. I don't like, for some reason don't, 
feel as strongly as other adoptees, I think, about finding my birth mother. I mean, I would love to do both. Yeah. But the one that I'm more interested in finding is the is the father for some reason. I don't know why. Have you but so have you searched or mm-hmm. yeah, I did a birth search. I got the uh this is back in two thousand seven. Actually Holly McGinnis went with me to Holt. Oh to, really? Yeah, which was you know, amazing. She's such a great person. And so kind to take the time to do that for me. Um, but, and they showed me a lot of information, but there was still a lot that was, you know, like, oh, we don't have that information and the hospital burned down. You were born in a private hospital, but they had all these like weird details. Yeah. Like, so it's kind of like a mystery, <laughs> like, huh. like all adoptees. So they'd yeah. be like, okay, uh, yes, no, we, she didn't give a name, but she was admitted to the hospital to give birth to you. So we know for a fact that this is your birthday. It was a private hospital. And then she just left. Like, she just left the hospital. I was like, so wait, you have the time that she, like, checked into the hospital and you have, like, all this information related to it and you know this is exactly when I was born, but you have no other information because the hospital burned down? Wow. (laughs) I'm like, that's – like, and this is before I realized recently that, like, you know, the, the hospital burning down or the records in a fire or in a flood thing is fairly common. Right. Right. So at the time I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I guess there's no more information. (laughs) Right. Right. Cause that's what that's designed to do. Right. Right. Um, But then you realize you talk to so many adoptees and you're like, there there couldn't have been that many fires. There weren't that many fires. (laughs) It wasn't like Tokyo. They didn't get fire bombs. There was no massive fire in Seoul in 85 (laughs) or whenever. Um, I mean, there are plenty of floods along the Han River, like during monsoon season for sure. But uh, I was born in Masan, which is actually close to Busan Mm, relative to like, you know, Seoul. Um, So I don't don't know. Yeah. And it's one of those things like I probably could if I had the time and resources go back and do more research. And maybe I should do what you do you did which is go back to hold and just ask for more information and maybe they'll give it to me maybe you're, i don't know maybe i'll have to do even more research and try to find that one social worker who's right. amenable to right, 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 adoptees right. opening their records did you did you ever do any of the, the whole korea korean adoptee tours at all no i never did one of those the first time i went back i actually uh my wife, who at the time was a, a good friend, just a good friend at AKA, <laughs> on the board with me, was like, oh, I really think you should do this OKF tour, the Overseas Korean Foundation tour, yeah. uh, run by, I want to say, the Ministry of Health and Welfare out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, it's free. Here's the application. I think it, it'd be really good because you've never been to Korea. I was like, yeah, sure. And it was like right before the gathering. So I would just basically stay an extra week and then the gathering would start and I could hanging out at the gathering for the rest of the time there. Yeah. So that was good. And for anybody who's listening, I think they still run it. The OKF. Do they? So just oh. Look for information. Huh. I don't know who's running it anymore. Jeannie Hong back in the day ran it for years um, from the Korean side. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a good trip for you if you're going for your first trip back to Korea. Because yeah. they do a lot of like touristy stuff mixed in with actual conference stuff about what to do when you get to meet Korean parliament members to talk about issues nice yeah so that was good i don't know if they do anything with that information (laughs) like any politician like who knows right right but it was a good tour and then you know we do the gathering stuff and that's really when you kind of delve deep into all these issues if you're doing the conference part and then of course there's a social part in the evenings 
Yeah, yeah. How big um, was the the when you did the tour? How many people were on the, the actual tour? Uh, so that one was in two thousand seven. That was in two thousand seven, and I think it was the first time that they had opened it up to non adoptees. So they had like people who were there who were adoptive parents or who worked with adoptive adoption agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of. I think I was one of like two or three adoptees who actually went on the trip. Which really? Was, wow. Yeah, it wasn't that many. Huh. Um, and I would it there. have been better? Do you feel like it would have been better if it had been all adoptees? I don't know. I don't really know how it would compare. Because um, these were people who worked in like the adoption agencies and stuff like that too. So I don't know if that's more or less helpful. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I would say there was probably 10 or 20 people on the conference. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. did the whole I did the whole tour, and it was all adult adult adoptees. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really, I, and that was just because I remember there were a few times when we crossed paths with the other tour group, which was like families. <laughs> yeah, and I just remember seeing lots of teenage like adoptees just looking so pissed and just so like like I don't want to <laughs> be here. Why are we here? You know? Yeah. So. Um, and, you like, know, well, if you didn't want to come, you should have gone to hold camp, and then we would. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, you know, there's obviously a place for them, right? But right. I mean, for me, it was definitely useful just having an adult Korean adoptee tour only. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I mean, there's I could see a lot of value in that. Yeah, and actually, it was really cool because this um, at the AKA conference, um, I got to see some. Uh, do you know Kim Langer or Danae Kovac? They're from well, Chicago from Catch, but oh yeah, I don't know. Um, we, 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 you know, it was kind of a whirlwind. I might have met. Yeah, them yeah, very yeah. we may have met them at one point. Um, yeah, but we, um, we went on that tour. That was how we met. It was on our first Korea trip. Oh wow, the, the whole motherland tour in 2006. So it's like 10 years, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. It's always nice seeing people again. Yeah, and it's funny because despite the fact that there's like 200,000 Korean adoptees out in the world, yeah. Active Korean adoptees and active adoptees in the community is actually relatively small. Yeah. What What do you think that number is? Honestly, like uh, uh, people who participate in the Korean adoptee groups, like what do you think? What percentage do you think it is of all Korean adoptees? It's a couple of thousand at most, right? I mean, yeah. you go to get and throughout the years too, because people like because a family or mm-hmm. different stages in life kind of flow in and out of the groups. Yeah. So I mean, I uh, I don't know. It's hard to say because there are so many groups worldwide. Right. I, I don't know if I'd put a hard number on it, but I would say at least a couple of thousand. Hmm. But, you know, that's a drop in the bucket compared to the amount of right, it's true out there. Yeah, that's. I always wonder that, too. It's like, where are they? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what are we, they doing? <laughs> no, I'm just kind of curious, you know, like. Um, yeah, I know. Because there's such a small percentage of us who've kind of found these groups and stuff and gotten mm-hmm. involved in these different organizations and stuff. But, um, like, where, I mean, if the majority of us are not here, yeah. you know. Where are they? You know, they're just kind of spread out everywhere. I know. I, I, I wondered this a lot when I first joined AKA back in like 2003. Now I'm really dating myself. <laughs> It'd be like, you know, we're, I, there was a push like we need more members. Like I think at the time we had maybe 100 active members in AKA. Yep. And we're talking about New York City. So there's like right. millions of people here. And if the Korean diaspora is so large and – there are this many Korean adoptees. Like, how many live in New York? And it's like, yep. is it that they don't want to join the group? Is it that they're not interested in joining the group? Is it that they 
haven't heard of the group. Yeah, so yeah. It, unless you're at the time, like, you know, you go into that Korean language class and finding six adoptees randomly. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, come to BKA. Like, yeah. you know, is it underexposure? I don't know what it is. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to think about like, yeah, what, why aren't these people out here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it makes sense to me just based on the fact that I, I feel like a part of BKA, at least that, a lot of the, the people who came in and became members were people who were contemplating searching for their families or, yeah. you know, there was something relevant in that, in the minute, in the moment that they wanted to, to meet up with us. Like mm -hmm. something was going on, like they were contemplating something or some life event had changed their perspective on something yeah. and they yeah. wanted to talk to other people who had been through it. So it's like we were talking about earlier about just how people come to the, the start the journey at different times in their lives, mm -hmm. you know, and depending on where you are, like when it hits though, it's like, it's on, you know, and people really seek out that information. You know, we got, I, we got, we, we've even had like referrals through like, um, like the Korean embassy and stuff, like oh, people, wow. Korean adoptees reaching out to, yeah. you know, just trying to find any, you know, figure out how to find an organization like that. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but there's plenty. I mean, I feel like there's, there's so much stuff out there now. You know, if you just Google there Korean is. adoptee, yeah. you find just tons of stuff like mm -hmm. Facebook stuff, uh, like art, music, um, oh, podcasts. Yeah. Vast. <laughs> yeah. The landscape is vast now. I know. It is. Well, I'm so, getting a lot of questions now from other adoptees who are not Korean adoptees necessarily. Like, when is it going to be our time and blah, blah, blah. It's like, make it. This is the best time to do it when like yeah. – Internet is so widely available and easy to use. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make the groups for yourself. You know, we have these conversations all the time. Is it time for the Korean groups to kind of die down and they've served their purpose? Or, yeah. you know, my opinion is that maybe these groups should morph into a wider audience and be like, you know, yeah. expand out to Chinese adoptees, Indian adoptees, Peruvian adoptees, transracial right. domestic adoptees, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, you know, is that the way it should go? Or, you know, some people would argue that it's better for them to create their own thing. I'm like, yeah, but it's also very difficult to create your own thing. Yeah. I mean, if, cause you don't have the numbers, you yeah. know, and that's what, you know, that's, we started talking about that NISAC too, just about like the sort of like the next generation, like how do we, and that was always a thing for BK really. It was just like trying to figure out how, do, how does it fit in with the broader adoptee community? You mm -hmm. know, like what we do and that, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I kind of feel like, just about any adoptee organization asks themselves that question at least once, you know, yeah. in their, in their development of the organization. So, um, Hey, I, I did, I wanted to ask you though, what did you think of? So you, did you, did you enjoy that panel? The yeah, I liked panel? it a lot. I had a good time yeah. on that panel. I thought I was, was really surprised by how many people came. Were, were you? Uh, yes, I was, <laughs> I was scared. expecting there to be like five people. Yeah, you know, I was, I, I, I don't I know about down. you, but I've, I've done so many of these panels before and Have you? I just kind of get used to, at the conferences, this always being the one that's like nobody really wants to go to, you know? <laughs> like, oh, another adoptee panel. You know? No, I uh, I haven't done a panel discussion like that probably since I was in college, so oh, okay. I didn't really know what to expect because um, it was at NYU, and yeah. obviously there was a celebrity on the panel yeah. as well, so I'm sure that brought out some people. I know, that's true. That I was actually – well, I was curious. That's why I asked the question during the panel of the audience be like, well, how many people here are actually – adopted yeah i'm glad you asked that because they're like i think i saw maybe one and a half rows out of what the six or seven rows of chairs that were there yep and i yep. was like well what would prompt all these people to come to this panel discussion <laughs> yeah exactly no i thought that too at one point i was like 
somebody ought to ask. And then I was like, oh, we have no, we have like very little time to talk. So I didn't end up asking that. So I, I was glad was that you asked crunch. that. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, there were a couple, you know, we had a couple of questions there too, where I was like, oh my God, I, like I looked over at the panel and it was just like fear, you know, like the question about <laughs> like, what do you think about adoption or whatever? You know, that was one of the questions. I don't know. That, that's always one of those really tough questions, I think, in the adopted community. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> loaded. I, I just, I remember looking over, I think I maybe like made eye contact with you and I just, like I had this feeling of just like yeah, pending doom. It was like, like, can we still be friends after this? Like, <laughs> well, and so, yeah, I, I, it is loaded and uh, it gets very political very fast. Obviously there's... Adoption. Yeah, I mean, like, there's yeah. geopolitics involved totally, yep. in this conversation, uh, and it's crazy <laughs> like, to know. think about it, that, that that conversation can escalate that quickly. And there are so many – because people are so emotionally invested in it, it's very personal for all anybody involved in the adoption. Yep. And there's such a wide range of experiences and opinions that it can get very heated very quickly. Yeah. No, it really can. It really can. And I, I actually, I was kind of thinking, you know, I, I was saying afterwards that it would have, I can't remember if I mentioned this to you or somebody else, but that it would have been cool if, um, instead of like a panel, it just been a, like a conversation, you know, mm -hmm. like where we had chairs together and yeah, people yeah. just kind of around us kind of, you know, we just talking about stuff or, um, people could ask questions and we can just kind of jump in and talk. But, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's, it, you know, I, I, um, it was such a short amount of time. There's so much, like every yeah, time you, yeah. one of you, somebody else on the panel said something, I just so wanted to just like jump in there and start talking and be like, Oh, this is, that's great. Like, let's talk about that more. But, um, <laughs> it was a really short turnaround. So, yeah. Well, that was but, one of the things I was kind of playing around with as an idea for a future episode was doing more of a, not a panel discussion, but have a few guests on at the same time and have a kind of a round conversation. Yeah. I think that would be great. Maybe as like a live event actually. So I could have, people show up and I don't know if I have the audience yet for that or the people who would want to speak live at the events. No, I mean, I think, I think that'd be really cool. It'd be yeah. a different format, but, um, cause I, I think there's, you know, having, having a group of people, at least, you know, three people or something, it, it really adds like, uh, like different levels and stuff to yeah. like what you can talk about. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, I think that'd be, a, I think that's a really cool idea. I say go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just need more people to come out and see stuff. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I agree that I think there should be more conversations like that had yeah. in public forums for people to experience. Right, right, right. Because it is interesting. And you also, I think, it needs to be very honest and open because there are certainly groups that will sponsor an event like that who have a certain agenda mm -hmm. or want certain panelists on the discussion panel that – have certain point of views that align with theirs. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think it's more healthy if we have a very even balanced discussion with people who have had different experiences. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. And that, you know, that'd be a, that'd be an interesting format too, to bring on, um, other adoptees, you know, not just Korean adoptees too. Yeah, you know? I agree. I agree. <clears throat> Cause that like opens up a lot of windows for, for other kinds of conversations too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yes. Do it. <laughs> I will. I will work on that. Maybe we can do it for the next East Coast Extravaganza. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that would be great. Well, are you, are you, I would love that. Are you still involved with BKA? Um, not really. I mean, I, I kind of go to stuff, go to events and stuff from mm -hmm. from time to time. But 
Um, not as much as before. They, they, they have a lot of stuff going on. It's just, it's one of those things where like, there's always something going, like there's always something that I have that I can't, for some reason I can't go to one of the events, you know, I really yeah, want yeah. to, but I can't, you know, there's like something going on just, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And my, you know, my work schedule is different now. Like I, <clears throat> since I go to Portland pretty much every week on Thursday, Friday, when, you know, by the time I get back on the weekend, I just kind of want to veg out, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just recover, you. <laughs> you know, Netflix um, and chill, man. Yeah, exactly. Netflix, Amazon, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, but yeah, BK is pretty active. They, they got a lot of stuff going on. Like, I feel like I'm giving a pitch right now for BK, but yeah, they've got that the <laughs> language cool. program. They've got the, they had the cooking classes, which I think are done. Um, they have a Korean language class now. Mm -hmm. Um, which I totally wanted to do, but it was on Sundays. So it's like I just said, you know, my weekends, I just kind of need time to unwind. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, um, but I should totally be doing it because I'm going to Korea this summer. <laughs> Get a little bit in there. But sure. Um, yeah, it's it's great. They always have something going on. And, and AK true. always has something going on too. I, That's true. I, get, I'm, I think I'm, a, I think I'm, I might still be a member, AK member, but. Oh, um, well, that'd be awesome if you were. <laughs> Yeah, because I get the newsletter, so I must be. I oh, think yeah. If I well, you're at least on the mailing list. Yeah, or at least I'm on the mailing list. But I was a paying member for a little while at one point, I think. <laughs> but I'm always so jealous that there's all these stuff, all these things going on all the time. <laughs> well, do, you, do you make it out to a lot of AK events? I try to. I try to. But yeah, if it's during the week, it's a little bit harder for me because I don't live in the city. Oh, and they're all in the city, right? <clears throat> yeah, for the most part. But I, I try to stay involved. And is your wife coming with you to Korea this summer? Nope, just me, just solo. Solo. Well, not solo. I'm going with uh, a couple other friends from from BK and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you maintain contact, even though you're not actively involved anymore that much. You're still uh, friends with a lot of your BK buddies. Yeah, I am, and um, I, I am, and it's like when I I think it was like when I used to do BK stuff on the board and stuff. It was it was good because then I you know, I just by default would see all these people because of the events and everything. But now it's, and it gets a little harder, you know, you have to really schedule things to be mm -hmm. able to see people, you know, yeah. people just get so busy, you know, scheduling yeah. things is, is really difficult. So people have lives. <laughs> yeah, right. What? <laughs> well, so. Is, so you used to mention your wife is watching a K drama. Is she Korean? No, she's Chinese. Oh, she's Chinese. She just uh -huh. loves Korean dramas. She loves Korean dramas. <laughs> loves Korean dramas. Yeah. And how did you two meet? Oh, we met in college, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we were um, in the same class. We were in this um, uh, sociology or Asian American studies class. Okay. Um, and we were sitting next to each other. Not jazz <laughs> class. What? Not the jazz class. No, not the jazz <laughs> class. <laughs> By that time, it, that, the, my, uh, my music major days had been, had been long gone. <laughs> That's why I was in a sociology class. <laughs> you still play jazz? Um, no, I don't. That's the, I don't do that anymore. Um, I do like sound effects for like online explainer videos and I do some like musical jingles and stuff, cool. um, for this company. So yeah, it, it kind of keeps the musical, musical skills kind of going, but yeah, that's pretty awesome. I used Ooh. to be in a bunch of bands and stuff. <laughs> I used to do like, I was in a jazz, jazz group for a while and then I was in a hip hop group for a while. So I just, wow. It takes a lot of time though, you know, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, not as much, not as much as I used to. What instrument did you play? Um, my principal instrument is drums. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. Yep. Ooh. Keyboard, keyboard is my secondary, but drums is my primary. 
Who are the great jazz drummers? Oh man, um, Elvin Jones, my favorite. Yeah, probably Tony Williams. Um, just like some of the jazz greats, you know. Um, uh, let's see who else. Oh, there's so many great drummers out there, though. And and now, like, there's like some modern stuff. Have you have you heard of um? Have you heard of uh, uh, Robert Glasper? No. He's this he's this jazz um, piano player, but yeah. For a while, he had this drummer. Um, his name was Chris Daddy Dave, <laughs> and. I mean, if you if you look him up on YouTube, if you just like look at look at Chris Daddy Dave, he's some crazy stuff. Um, he like plays with like two sticks in one hand. What? And yeah, so that sounds um, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's uh, there's always amazing stuff out there. So, <clears throat> um, are you a jazz person? Do you like jazz? I do. I do like jazz. Actually, uh, I don't know if you're into blues at all, but. Uh, one of my uh, favorite club in uh, Seoul actually was a club called I don't know if it's still around, but it's uh, Once in a Blue Moon. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, and I would like to go over there and listen to some uh, live jazz and live blues and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. It was, like all nice. these Koreans, just <laughs> they were really good. It was just knocking out party. I used to go there and take pictures and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Nice, nice. But when you go yeah. over there, if it's still around, look it up. It might still be around. You I will. It's a good show. <laughs> definitely i'll check it out for sure can people find you online are you on like twitter or facebook or instagram or snapchat <laughs> <laughs> not snapchat well actually i am just because somebody told me the other day i should be and I, <laughs> I i checked it out and i well i had it i had it a while ago and then i realized that i have no reason to use this ever in my life <laughs> and so i turned it off and then somebody recently said no you should get back on it like we'll we'll do some snapchatting or whatever and what is, i, got so back I don't on even it really and, know what it is it's like like you take these photo things or I you can chat too, but you can like send these photos and they just like instantly disappear after a few seconds or something. Okay. So I don't really have a reason for that, you know. Um, <laughs> I want to keep it forever. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm on Facebook, yep. And um, I'm on Twitter. Um, Nate Bay K. <laughs> Nate, my my Korean surname is B A E. And oh, it's the letter okay. letter K. So like and the letter Nate K. Bay K, yeah. Got yep. it. So Nate um, Bay K. Yep, on Twitter. <laughs> those are my those are those are the big ones. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. and if people want to do any focus groups through you, <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> do you do only who do you do your focus groups for? Um. Well, so um, part of what my the my company that I work for now, Crescendo, mm -hmm. um, they do community health needs assessments. So. Like hospitals have to do this uh, because of the Affordable Care Act. They have mm -hmm. to do these. Basically, it's like an eco scan. They have to essentially show that every couple of years they're looking at the surrounding service area, the community, and making sure that the needs out there are fitting what they're doing. You okay. Know? So, you know, some of what we do is we go out there and we do focus groups with um, uh, patients or with um, community service providers to find out, you know, what some of the pressing needs are and mm -hmm. what what some of these hospitals could be doing better. So that's what usually when we bring in the focus groups. Cool. So, yeah. so if you're a hospital in the Portland, Maine or Boston area, or anywhere, we, we have hospitals all over the place. So. Oh, well then yeah. go through crescendo and do your focus group. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, sure. Sharing your story. Yeah. I, I, I hope I was it wasn't too boring. I, <laughs> no, I listened to not. I listened to some of your under, other interviews. I'm like, man, these are some really 
interesting stories and stuff. You I'm know? glad you said that. I was afraid you were going to say these are some really boring episodes. <laughs> no, so, so, no. So like because because um, I travel to Portland a lot, I, I listen to tons of podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a huge podcast consumer. So this last trip, I, I listened to um, I listened to Omios, which was like what hour and forty minutes, I think. Yeah, that was, was one of our like, longer ones. Yeah, <laughs> and it was great because usually when I when I drive to Portland, I have to switch out like a podcast oh, yeah. and I have to like pull over and like <laughs> turn another one on, you know? Um, well, not with this it, show, but not with this show. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like. We're here for your long drive. Yeah. Or flight. yeah. Well, but the, the thing was like, I started it. I started, um, I started like the night before, I think, or two days before I'd started listening while I was cooking or something Oh yeah, for like maybe 20 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the drive, I mean, I was like, wow, it's just like going to fill my entire drive. And it did, <laughs> which is great. It's great. So. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it, that <laughs> I'm fulfilling the service for you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show and talking to me. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was fun. We should do it again sometime. We'll do the the group the group uh, yes. interview next time. You can time. do the panel with me. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, and that was my episode featuring Jen Kim and starring Nate Kupel. Starring? Guest starring? Guest appearing? I don't know. This isn't like The Late Show. I don't know what this is. This is just a podcast that you can download on iTunes and Google Play and Podbean and the latest episode on SoundCloud. What? You don't know how to find that? What do you mean you don't know how to find that? Well, let me tell you. The podcast app is the one that you immediately hid in some nebulous folder in your phone that you thought, I would never pay attention to this ever. Well, let me tell you, now you can, because I'm on there. I'm your buddy, Mike McDonald, the Rambler, and you can hear this episode and many other episodes on Backlog, on iTunes and Google Play, and the latest episode is always on SoundCloud. And of course, they're hosted on Podbean, where you can also listen to them. And you know what? I encourage you to listen to all the episodes, not just the awesome ones that everybody's like, oh my god, you have to hear this, because they're people that we know and love. Like Holly McGinnis, and Danny Mayori, and Jen Kim, of course, and tons of other people, okay? Not just them, because they're fantastic people, but... They're not the only people that I have on the show. I have plenty of other people, and even though you may not know them, you will be enlightened by their stories. I guarantee it. Or your money back. You may be thinking, but Mike, I didn't pay you any money, nor did I pay Apple or Google any money. And you would be correct, which means I will give you zero dollars back. But... The benefit of this deal is that it's risk-free to the both of us, and therefore, you should totally listen to all those episodes. The only thing you're sacrificing is your precious time. And I put way more time into it, putting this show together, than you are listening to it. I guarantee it. Like Men's Warehouse. Is that the thing? Men's Warehouse? I guarantee it. 
That sounds so creepy for me. It sounds creepy in the ad, too. Anyways, look, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, you should share it with your friends and family and tell them to listen and subscribe as well on iTunes and Google Play. And you should review it. Leave a nice review and say, oh, my God, Mike McDonald changed my life. I've never heard anything like this before. Every other podcast I've ever heard is only 15 minutes long about adoptees or I've never heard anything about adoptees before in my life. And then you can be like, oh, but you heard about this podcast by Mike McDonald called The Rambler because it's amazing. And then you could like hashtag it and Snapchat it and tweet it and Facebook it. And it'd be like the greatest thing ever. We could go viral. I don't know. I'm talking out of my butt. In any case, I appreciate you listening to the show. If you ever want to get in contact with me because you love the show or you want to be on the show, which would be super awesome if you're an international transracial adoptee, my email is theramblerADHD at gmail.com. You could Facebook me at facebook.com slash theramblerADHD or you can tweet me at theramblerADHD at gmail.com. Standard messaging rates apply for any of those on your data plan. I'm not responsible for your data plan. I'm not. I'm sorry. All right. Or, 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 uh, you know, uh, that, that's pretty much it, I guess. Look, the music today is provided by the Bell at Needle Drop Records and a collective effort in Korea and some Apple music loops and stuff like that. <sighs> I think that's it. Have a great week. See ya.